0: Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. Now, here are the Friars. Hello everyone, welcome to the Become Fire podcast. Uh, it's your host, Father Anthony, and back in the studio with me, this time is the Father Peter Teresa McConnell. It is good to be back. I will I say, have missed you, I've missed you too. It sounds like he's been away this whole time. No. I just cranked out like three podcasts in a row, or six podcasts in a row, so. It was a, a heroic a human's effort. It was wonderful. Uh, but now we're back, and we have a special guest with us. Very excited to have Adam Estevia. Welcome, God. Adam. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Welcome, Bob. You're yes. a part yeah. of our our series right now. We're going through a series on healing. So we Absolutely. did a, a beautiful—if you haven't listened to him, please uh, go backwards and listen to our last six episodes on physical, emotional, and psychological healing. And so here we are with Adam to talk about spiritual healing, what God has done. But Adam is, has asked us to change things up a little bit. Um, he has asked us to— uh, uh, to look into a uh, little bit of a uh, a drink to start. Little That's Catholic right. Ryan Show we have asked. to start it off. So he brought, he said, if I ever do a podcast, I, I either want a cigar or whiskey in my hand. And so he brought have some to. whiskey with him, some Irish whiskey. This is Red Breast 15-year uh, single pot still Irish whiskey. Oof, this nothing but is so, the best. It's a the, the, it's good thing I'm Irish. <laughs> yeah. Bre- I'm said we couldn't oblige the cigar aspect. Oh, oh if you're that Irish, been- please tell me what's so important about the redbreast.
1: Well, I, I would, but I do think that, you know, you, you, you'd probably be better off to do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Man, the, you just made me, like, so flash my Irish card. Exactly, was- the redbreast is the Listen. only bird, excuse me, the redbreast is the only bird which sings continuously throughout the dark Irish winters and what is, the ver- is one of the very few small birds that choose mm-hmm. to winter in Ireland. It is this enduring spirit which inspires its namesake Redbreast whiskey. So this is what your favorite beautiful. yeah. This is your favorite whiskey, bird. Adam.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, w- so, why is that? So it goes back to studying in Austria. I lived in Garming, and that was a, a time in my life where every Wednesday we had an invitation from the professors. It was it was Whiskey Wednesday. All the men on campus, you'd get in dressed up in a suit, tuxedo, well, just suit jacket you'd go to this the professor's house and they'd have dozens of whiskeys on the table. You'd open it up and then you'd learn about the whiskey, how it was distilled or how it was made and the, the roots of it. And I proposed to my wife in Ireland and wow. picked up a bottle of it when I was there. It became one of my go-tos. It just brings back it's more le- more so the memory. Yeah. yeah. The, when I drink it I remember yeah. I I, re- I reminisce on the the That's times. So that man. was that was my introduction into drinking fine. I went to Austria the wrong semester. Oh, man. <laughs> Dr. Carreño, the yeah. philosophy professor. We had Dr. Haas, who's the history mm. professor. And, and we just, uh, we'd just chip in five bucks so they would be able to add bottles every week. Mm. Yeah. And we just we could try whatever you wanted. That's and awesome. it, was, it was amazing. So that was my introduction into, into drinking it the right way. Room temperature, a little bit of water to open it up. And, uh, yeah, that's, how,
0: that's why I brought it. So, so It smells really good. Yeah, so we encourage you, if you're a whiskey drinker, a wine drinker, a beer drinker, or a coffee drinker, or whatever it is, get the beverage of your choice in hand. That's and right. uh, cheers oh, to Jesus. Je- cheers to Jesus as we j- jump on <laughs> to spiritual cheers healing. Cheers to Jesus. <laughs> All right. Maybe that should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's right. And so, Adam, if you don't mind telling us, speaking of memories, um, a little bit of background. Where are you from? Uh, Where did you grow up? A little bit about yourself in your early childhood. Sure. Yeah. So,
1: I, I have to ask um, before I jump into this, w- what caused why? Why me? Out of everybody you could have interviewed, I was I was curious.
0: Wow, oh, he's turning the tables on us. Wow, right so away. early. I want this at the end of the podcast. Yeah, oh, do you want at this beginning. at the end? No, no, no. I'll I'll go. So the reason, I'm just curious. It gives yeah. So me we've a- really been praying through like who to who to pick, and right. I think two things. We've done. We did a a, a a perspective from Paul Zagrelli, a male, and then we had two females. So I wanted to get another male on the. The perspective for equal spiritual healing and equal opportunity. You get different, pers- different things speak. And, and Paul, you know, and you're a younger man. So we had a, you know, Paul was an older, not, not old, but just older gentleman sure. than you are. And More you're a younger seasoned. man. You have young, you're a young family man, have young children. Um, and also, I heard your, uh, a lot of your testimony at um, Andrew's wedding. You kind of really spoke right. about kind of what brought you there and how I enjoyed right. been so impactful. And so I'd heard your testimony before. I'd heard, uh, I knew you were kind of fit the a lot of those, like just trying to reach the different audiences. And okay. so a young male with a family, who I think had a really beautiful conversion story, and I really thought was like, man, that's a really beautiful spiritual healing he ex- experienced. And he speaks to the audience that we're going for so, or okay. trying to reach, as far as a different audience from the others we've had for this I, healing series.
1: I was asking, I was just checking to see if Brother Elijah had given you any bits since I, I did live with him. In,
0: no, I've I have nothing. Franciscan, he doesn't so even he, know you're. He doesn't even know you're on yeah, here. Yeah, he doesn't. So, know. Okay. Oh, this is this a, will surprise. Be a surprise for him. He's Beautiful. still listening. This is yeah. a test for him. It also, yeah, I wasn't going to tell him you're here. We'll I'm, see if I'm he sad he's not here with us. Yeah, but you know, yeah. when
1: he when he listens to this, <laughs> we'll hopefully, take a know. sip of whiskey in our sadness. Yeah. That's right, <laughs> brother <laughs> Elijah. This one's for you. So, so where are no, you from? No, that's good. Yeah, that, great. Okay, so I'm. I was born and raised in Mesa, Arizona. Well, born in Mesa, raised in Ahwatukee in Lakewood. Hmm. I pretty much grew up there my whole life and. Um, That's only 15 minutes away from here. That was kind of the first subdivision of Awatuki. And until they connected this 202 highway, it was about 45 minutes to an hour to get here. Mm -hmm. So I was, it was grateful when they finally opened up this, this road. And that's a big reason why I actually bought a house over here is to be close to the friars, close to you, man. And uh, I'm excited. I'm honored, you know, to be on this podcast, but also to be a part of your parish to have my children, my my wife, my children witness and see men of, of, of faith. And I thought about how how it would have been years ago, growing up, you know, 100, 200 years ago, most towns would have probably had religious living amongst them, more priests. They could have had a closer relationship. And so that's one of the reasons I bought a house in Levine, mm-hmm. is to bring my children, to let them have spiritual f- fathers and to give them – that opportunity to, to to discern religious life from a from a young age, so you. That's, um, that's you know that's kind of it's funny. I grew up in Awtuki and then made my way back here and now in Levine. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so starting off uh, as a young boy, well, my parents, my my father's side Estevio, the last name, it comes from Spain. So our, our five six generations ago, our family migrated from Spain to Mexico and then Mexico to Safford which is a, a small town, about 10,000 population, um, close to Morenci, which is a large copper mine. So there was a lot of you know, uh, blue collar workers. My grandmother and grandfather were Catholic. They raised my father and his brother and, and his sister. So there's three of them. They were all raised in the church, went to mass every Sunday. And my grandma was a seamstress. She would make clothing for the town. She was kind of a uh, they they people in the town. When I go back and visit, they say we always remember your grandparents. They were um, they were the best dressed. She handmade all their clothes, like matching outfits. My dad's like, man, I hated wearing matching. I was matching with my brother and sister every mass. But you look back on it, like, man, that's beautiful. She took the time to put them into proper attire for our Lord, and um, but. I would say, you know, during the 60s and 70s when my dad was growing up, they didn't have great catechesis and they just went to mass because their their parents, their grandparents went, their great-grandparents, you know, it was just a family, yeah. it's who we are, we're just Catholics. So they didn't have a great, again, formation, they didn't know what they believed or why they believed it. So eventually, as they got older, the faith became secondary, they were Catholic in name only, and I say this. For my father, you know, and then his brother and sister, they they both had times where they fell away from the church. Um, my mother's side, she was born in Hans Air Force Base in Germany, and her mother, so my grandmother, she she has passed away 15 years ago, but she was born in a bunker in World War II, wow. and the the bombings were going on. She lost her mother, and she was raised by her eldest sister. So, extremely hard. She had to grow up really quick. And then she was Lutheran. So, they had a, a strong Lutheran background. And actually, my family roots, I just found this out about six months ago. Um, we have a lot of family that came from Ireland. So, I do have some Irish blood, which makes sense. You you know, cheers, cheers, <laughs> cheers to red breast whiskey. Take a sip to that. But, um, yeah. So, my mother... Uh, She was born in Hans Air Force Base, and my grandmother ended up meeting a a pilot uh, that was on station there, and they moved to Ohio, and then that's where my father and mother met was in Ohio. So he was he had just graduated college, Air Force Academy grad. Mm -hmm. My mother didn't attend college; she was a police dispatcher, and they got publicly, you know, married. And then relocated to Arizona to Owatukee. They bought their first house in the Lakewood Loop. I think they were one of the first in the whole sub in the whole loop to be built. Yeah. So they bought that back in 1990. I come along in 91. Um, they eventually did. My dad said, "Hey, it's important to me uh, that we get our marriage um, uh, convalidated in the church." Mm-hmm. So they did that at St. Mary's Basilica, and my father. Um, he was very talented. He's an entrepreneur. Um I own my own business and I give a lot of my inspi you know the inspiration that I received comes from my fa- my father. He's done he's had his own business mm-hmm. for the last 30 years since I was a baby basically and uh uh maybe 20 years cuz he did work for corporate America. He had a job at Google at one point wow. and was was heavily involved in sales. He was very successful. So when I was about My first memory, actually, I was thinking about this when I was a child. So I was baptized as a baby in in, uh, Safford, my grandma's and my dad's home parish. Um, I have a a few photos of that. So that that actually happened. That was great. (laughs) You know, they couldn't find the records. I went to call them and they were like having trouble finding it because it's a small parish and they don't really have a, you know, it's maybe one office lady and it was filed away and they finally found the baptismal certificate. But- uh, basically, I was baptized, and I didn't do any faith formation. Uh, I, I would go to mass with my parents, Christmas, Easter, and I. My first memory of mass, or my first childhood memory, was actually at mass. I was maybe three or four. I remember going to Safford for a Christmas mass, and the smell, the incense, and the the beauty and the the singing and I I remember being able to just stand up on the pew and I I was like gnawing on the pew you know as little kids do <laughs> yeah, kind sure. of and I I just that 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 memory was stuck in my mind oh. ingrained and I, I saw them going up and receiving the Eucharist at a young age and I said you know Grandma what can I go up she's like not yet son they didn't explain to me that that was Jesus that that was our mm-hmm. Lord and Savior I just mm-hmm. thought it was communion like that's I want to. I want to be able to go, right. and that was from a from a, being a little boy. Um, but then throughout, so from that memory until I was about nine years old, that's when my parents' marriage started to kind of fall apart. I remember going a few times here and there, right. maybe mm-hmm. once twice a year. Okay, uh, really no education, uh, nothing as far as this is what we do. But I did. My mother did work with me and teach me. The prayers, you know, that Mm -hmm. our father, she taught me, you know, how to basically how to pray um, that God, Jesus is with me. And she gave me a a basic faith formation. My father uh, didn't really, you know, he didn't have anything to do with that because he was always working and traveling. And um, their marriage started to kind of fall apart when I was around eight years old, nine years old. Uh, He moved away to Seattle Mm -hmm. for a a job. And that was at the time he was working for Google, I believe. And my mother didn't want to go. She's like, no, we're going to stay here. You're going to school. You have friends. I have friends. And my dad said, well, you're not going to go. Like, I need to go. I need to support you guys. And my mother was stood firm and didn't follow my dad, yeah. you know, my dad and his lead. So uh, that's when things really just crumbled apart. And then they ended up telling me when I was 10, hey, you know, Adam, like, sat me down. I remember that. Mm. We're, we're It's not working out. We're going to have it. you know, we're going to split up. It just crushed me, you know, yeah, just completely yeah. like my dad was my hero. I loved hanging out with him, doing, you know, fishing with him, doing activities. And he was going to be, you know, gone. I was going to be with my mom and see yeah. him maybe once a month. So that was really hard. Um, and after the, the the divorce, within two years, both of them were remarried. So I had a step and I was an only child at this point. Um, and after my father remarried, he had a daughter who's my half sister, Christina, and my dad, uh, my mother remarried and they never had kids. So I, I pretty much was raised with my mom. And she, at that point, after leaving, uh, after break, you know, ending the marriage with my father, she started to take me back to Lutheran church. So I, I started to get some type of formation, but I hated it. <laughs> you know, I was a bad kid. I, I just like to, I just like to play with my friends. I didn't want to hang out with my parents i didn't want to go to mass on our church on sunday i, I didn't like that it's just mm-hmm. like i just want i'd rather sleep in and play video games and skateboard like i was into skateboarding yeah. and she said had me like you need to have you need to come with she she forced me to and then to the point where she's like okay you're you know you're getting to being an older and you're gonna go to high school next year you can decide you know she started to let me decide which is not a great idea yeah. for you know. <laughs> yeah, the decision is are
0: like <laughs> you going to let a
1: high school boy yeah. decide yeah. after he's playing video games yeah. all night yeah. and like, yeah. okay, get up at eight or nine? Yeah, it's yeah. like no, it's not going to happen. So, um,
0: so in high school you're pretty much separate. Do you do you believe in God at this point? So yeah, uh, entering into, I never would I, I never be, uh,
1: would say that I ever doubted God, right? You know, his existence. I think that was. I know now that that was probably you know has to be because of the the baptism I was I received uh, our Lord you know and I had I had the graces there and He was working with that and I, I would turn to God when I had difficult times but freshman year in high school I had terrible friend group I just started that's when I was introduced to marijuana started you know smoking marijuana and. Uh, skateboarding and just playing video games and didn't have any direction. My mom, running. Found, were
0: you running at this point? No, that, not freshman year. Okay. I
1: didn't run. I, okay. I was just a bum. You know, I <laughs> I like walked onto the tennis team. I played for like three days and I was like, Mom, I'm quitting. All these kids are nerds. Like I don't want to <laughs> play tennis. You know, and even though I was I was decent, but um, I missed the I missed the walk on for. You know, I missed the, the opening to join any other teams because I did tennis and then all the other teams started and filled up. So I pretty much just, I was a bum my freshman year and just hung out with friends, played video games. And she finally said, Adam, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. You're so you know, and, and anytime we would run in, in school, I did well. I did well in uh track or, you know, in PE, I, I would do the time trials and I'd run like a six, low six or no, five minute mid five minute mile. Wow. And the coach is like, you should run. Yes. You're pretty good. Like you <laughs> yeah. would, I would win the, you know, the exercise and I'd be like, yeah, I feel good. And like, you're, you're a good runner. You need to go mm-hmm. out and eventually got me in touch with coach Hansen, who is the cross country coach for our high school. And he, he's incredible man. Um, mm. devout, devout Christian, uh, like a father, really father, a true father figure. He was very mm. hard on the athletes. He wouldn't let anybody, out easy and so come, come my sophomore year I did end up joining the team and I started to run and that's where I made a really deep friendship with Andrew Kellogg he, okay. he ended up joining it was his freshman year he was a year younger than me and he was extremely talented I mean he had I, I do recall we went to the same middle school and in 6th grade he was running a like low 5 minute mile for a 6th grader wow. And at the time, I heard that that was about you know the first number one or two time ever in the nation for a sixth grader to run that fast. Like mm-hmm. he was equivalent to like Ryan Hall, who's like a, a marathon USA Olympian. Wow. Um, his time was comparable. He had so much raw talent. Yeah. And he wanted to play football and do all these sports. And Coach Hanson got him to get – say okay i'm gonna run this is like my true talent Mm -hmm. so he he ended up joining cross country i joined my sophomore year and we started to train and he and i were comparable in speed and we ran together and we were always battling but our friendship um he he at the time was catholic you know he was going to mass i believe his parents were taking him every sunday corpus christi you know his father was studying to be a deacon which i didn't know at the time Mm. but uh deacon chris and we would uh have conversations and they never, it never brought up, you know, God was not a part of our discussion. It was like, who are you dating? What party are you going to go to? <laughs> like what trouble, true can high we, school boys. Like, yeah. yeah. What trouble can we get into? Yeah. We would like go out and yeah. run with the older upper class, uh, you know, upper class, uh, juniors and seniors. And we would just do terrible things like light garbage cans on fire and just <laughs> run and like police are chasing us. I'm like, this is crazy. But that's what we did. I mean, we were fast enough to get away from them. So we go run up on the South mountain and just, you know, wow. okay. I mean, we did some crazy things, but that's, you know, I, I guess, uh, a part of the, the cross country side when you're, you're fast and you're good and you get into the wrong crowd. So, um, but yeah, we ran throughout high school. And during that time, I do remember I had a, a girlfriend and we weren't, you know, living chastely at the time. Serious girlfriend for like two years. So my junior senior year, I, I was dating. Andrew had a girlfriend at the time as well.
0: And you're not going to church at all. There's, there's, not, I mean, maybe still kind of, there's every, this, this belief in God. Need, turn to him and pray when you need him. But other than that, there's not much of a relationship. I just didn't think it was cool. I yeah. didn't
1: want to go mm-hmm. because I thought like, ah, oh, that's too emotional. Like, ah, oh, let's just not do that. My friends weren't going. Um, I don't. I never. I didn't have any friend that was truly like involved in the faith to make it. Attractive to me, yeah. and uh, I would I would lay in bed, and I remember laying in bed before big races, like before the state meet or before conference finals. I would I would pray. I'd say, Jesus, like uh, I'm really, you know, I, I want to do well tomorrow. Help me, mm-hmm. help me to do well. Yeah, it was short. Yeah, um, or if I was struggling in school, and I had a lot of struggles in in high school. I didn't. I had a really bad habits of my parents, my mother. She probably wouldn't do this now if she knew how bad it was, but she she allowed me to have a TV in my room, in my bedroom, with the an Xbox and a <laughs> PS3. I'm like, well, you know, I would just wake, she'd <laughs> yeah. go to bed, I'd go in there, play from 9, 10 p.m. until like 2, 3 a.m. Yeah. And then I was going to bed, sleeping two to three hours, yeah. waking up at 5.30, that's when we practiced, and I would run for two hours. And then go to school, eat, and then sleep through my classes throughout the day. Mostly yeah. just I just scraped by. I think I had a 1.7 GPA at one oh, point. Yeah. my My coach said if you don't get over C's, you can't run. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do it. If I can't run, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Like that was my motivation. Yeah, I didn't yeah. care about school. I, I didn't see any
0: value in it um yeah and this seems like a pretty typical high school boy mentality the parents out there i mean especially if you're a parent maybe your kids grew up a long time ago this is a mentality i see quite a bit of kids literally who play video games all night long
1: it's terrible uh and i'll tell you i'll kind of get into how that was stripped out of my life but this video game habit and addiction it clouded my i mean and not only that but on all these councils, you have the web browsers. So I could I could even pull up pornography. And that's when Mm. I really started getting into that addiction in high school. I was like fourteen years, thirteen, fourteen years old, all the way through up till really till my conversion, till I started going to Franciscan and getting rid of that that old life and getting healed from it. But
0: let's let's move up towards that point and say, so let's go to
1: college. So you go end up going to
0: ASU and
1: yeah. So to move it a little quicker. Yeah. Um, so that, that whole, that whole high school period, I ended up, uh, graduating and going off to Kansas, right? I got a scholarship for a junior college. I was fast enough to go really anywhere D one, but my grades were terrible. So like you can go to a junior college in Kansas. So, okay. I went there, ended up squandering that, um, squandering that away, partying. Mm. I got into marijuana, smoking it like every day. Uh, that was my second year. The first year I made it through and I, I, I did decent in school. Um, but I had a lot of, uh, impure relationships with women. I just didn't really understand what love was. I never had a good, uh, example of what marriage and, and how to love somebody and how to will the good for them. It was just like, this is how you love them. You just physically that's that's it you know and um I was blinded with the marijuana that I started to believe this is the best thing that it cures a lot of things that you can Mm. you can function better with it I had great I I would I would say oh I'd, I'd think of all these great ideas when I was high you know and then I couldn't remember any of the particular ideas and I wouldn't ever have the energy or the drive to do it. I, I just would mastermind, like I craft all these business ideas and then I end up just sitting there and playing video games and be like, oh man, I was going to do something. Oh, let's just smoke again. And it just was this habitual cycle of like death, you know? And, and um, so I went uh, and, and then I, th- I believe there was this newer kind of uh, drug that they released. It was a synthetic marijuana. It was called sp- like K2 and it was in Kansas and it was basically like uh, incense or sp- like a- it was a chemical and you s- you smoke it. It doesn't show up on drug tests, but it really can make you lose your mind. And I did that a few times because uh, I didn't want it to show up on the drug test for, the- for running. And all of a sudden I had this intense spiritual like realization and I, I wasn't going to church at all. But I was—I remember going in the bathroom and looking at the mirror, looking at myself, and I could see like into my into my heart and my depth and my into my soul, <laughs> and, and like God was speaking like you're going to die and you're going to go to hell, mm-hmm. and then I just got this fear. It's like hit me, and I'm like, what, what? And I start—I started to cry out to God like God, I don't, I don't want to die. I don't want to go to hell. What is yeah. this? Like just came out of nowhere, wow. you know? And um, so I ended up going back to over the summer uh going back home and then I went back to Kansas for the second year dropped out of school altogether um was selling marijuana um kind of like local you know business I little I had that I was like I'll just make money doing this and I wanted to come back to Arizona and do grow operations and I pitched the idea to my dad and He's like, how much money can you make doing this? You know, at the time he wasn't going to Matt or he wasn't really involved in his face, So he was like open to hearing it and started looking for like, you know, like a, <laughs> a big operation that we could buy a building. And I'm like, dad, I've already grown plants. I know how to do it. I was growing plants in my closet. Like, I'm sorry, this is just raw, but this <laughs> yeah, is that's true, true, you real know? Real. I was like, in, I was so into it, you know, and <laughs> I was so blinded by this sin and by my lifestyle, but I felt like I was empty. Like I was living in a... Uh, like a, a dumpster right mm-hmm. so ended up dropping out of school and then that Christmas came home and ca- confessed to my parents they pulled it out of me like where are your grades I'm like I-, I don't have grades to show you I dropped out and they're like you did what you've been living and just what have you been doing I'm like nothing I mean just playing video games and smoking like partying <laughs> par- just whatever I wanted to do and the sad thing was I, I had just run one of my best times ever you know Few months before I dropped out, uh, I ran like a four-minute, twelve-second mile. Wow. So I was on track. To, like my goal was sub four minutes, right. and I just said, "No, I'm done." And I didn't go back to the coach. And said, so my parents moved me back home to Arizona, and I had a fresh start. I said, "Okay, all my friends that were bad influencers are gone." So. Started to work with my father. Ended up getting a job at Chase Bank as a banker with no college degree because of one of his connections. And then that's when I moved in with Andrew Kellogg. But before we moved in, the reason we got reconnected is he called me out of the blue. And and uh, we I'd been gone for two years in college, and he had been studying at ASU. He said, "Adam, come run, come come meet with me, and let's go run at our old high school with our coach." I need to tell you something. And on this run, he tells me, he's like, dude, I, I went to confession and I, I've been going to mass and I feel so much better. And he had this spiritual experience where he he was in his dorm and he got choked and pressed up against the wall. And he called his mom and said, mom, something just lifted me up off the ground and pressed me against the wall. She's like, you need to go to confession right now. And so he went <laughs> and he was he was like instinct. completely, yeah. he was completely like the Lord is calling me and I, and he wants you to, he wants, he wants to have a relationship, you know, with you and telling me these things. I'm like, really? And I never heard him talk like this in our four years or three years and running together. We talked about being doctors and dentists and being successful and in the world, you know, making money. And he started telling me about the faith and encouraging me and inviting me. We went on a mission trip to Haiti that, that really impacted me, Mm. um, started to just, put this love of, of, the, of serving others and love of Christ and love of the Eucharist and how the Haitians wanted to, you know, the mass was the same in the U.S. and Haiti and said, man, this is beautiful. So I started going to adoration. He encouraged me to pray the rosary and I, I would go to adoration. He didn't explain that the Eucharist in the tabernacle or in the monstrance was not, it was Jesus. He just said, go in here, it's peaceful. And I would stare in the middle of it and I was like, man... Like what's in the center there? You know, is a and at Corpus Christi, the the host is the same color as the wall, so it looks just like the mm-hmm. wall. And I went, I'm like, man, what's this sun? I would just sit and look in the middle of it, and then eventually I realized that he told me that that's Jesus in there, consecrated. He may have said that, but I didn't realize it was in the center of that. Yeah. So, but I would go in there. Um, I would struggle, and I still had a lot of struggles with various things. I wasn't since I was working at the bank, I wasn't smoking as often, but I still did partake in that and drinking and had friends that were attending ASU. Um, and then he tells me, you know, one day I can't, I can't play video games anymore with you. And we were living in this condo together and he was pre-med at ASU and I was just at the bank. And he said, I, I, God's calling me to, to, to discern the religious life, to be a priest. And like, what's a, fr- you know, he said, I'm, I think I'm called to be Franciscan. I said, like, what, what is that? <laughs> what, what are you talking about, man? Like, let's just play FIFA or let's just come on, like call of duty. What do you mean? It's like, dude, I can't, like, I get so much anger and it's not good for my soul. And like, our lady just told me that I was like, she spoke to you? Like, yeah. And it's just telling me things that I had never heard and started encouraging, asking me questions like, where are you going to go when you die? And just started asking me these questions about life. And I saw this change in front of me and he ended up leaving. And I stayed in Arizona and I kept working, but I was so empty still. And then I ended up uh, basically calling him and just having these long conversations. And he was living with brother Elijah at the time. And he would my Andrew would tell brother Elijah, hey, pray for my friend. He's he's like going through a hard time. He, I think he wants to be Catholic, but he's just fallen, fallen. I, felt, I went to RCIA, ended up falling out the first time. I wasn't ready yet. Um, kept fighting and still having impure relationships with women. And, but the rosary, you know, he said, Mm -hmm. pray the rosary. So I would go to the Corpus Christi chapel and picked up a booklet and I I didn't know any of the prayers, but I just read the booklet and I would look at the statue of our lady, you know, holding Jesus. And I would just go in there and I I would just weep, you know, like tears. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why am I crying? You know, what's going on? But I just felt like, like my heart was being, cleansed you know like our lord was just taking away like there was a lot of mercy and uh, stripping away all the pain and the anger and the anything that i had was just being cleansed through that through that through the rosary and and then i i ended up going to a priest to confession and i didn't know if i could go or not and i guess i could have because i was baptized if i knew that if i was sorry for my sins and i i went to a priest and i said all my confession like my whole confession before I even entered and received the Holy Communion, I just wept, and I, it was like an hour, and I wow. I walked out of there feeling so light, and then I had a lot of grace just poured on me to the point where I was going on my lunch break at Chase to the Adoration Chapel and praying and reading and going to not hanging out with any of my old friends and yeah. uh every Friday night and Saturday reading and reading, uh, St. Augustine's confessions was a great mm. book that I read. And, yes. um, St. of the Rosie read about his story. And I, I started just getting reading scripture a lot and just sitting with it and kneeling in front of the, our Lord and saying, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like I'm open. Like I, I'm tired of this. I don't want to live. I don't want to live for myself and have all these worldly possessions. And I was doing well. i had no debt really. And I was, take all my money from chase and buy stuff like clothes and shoes and more There's crap in my house that I didn't <laughs> need. And one day at work, so that it all got stripped away from me. Um, this was 2013 before I had entered Franciscan and I'm kind of wrapping this up. Cause I know I'm going a little long, but, uh, uh, I went to work and I got a call from my neighbor. He said, Hey Adam, are you okay? I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm working. What's, what's going on? He's like, oh, your house. I went in there, I thought you were, I thought you were hurt. Your house looks like a storm just went through your house. And these, these kids, you know, I, I met because I ended up, uh, it, it was just, I met them and I was trying to show off, invited them in my house. We were playing some Xbox and I was still battling. Like I, I would, I know I wanted Christ, but I didn't want to give up the world. I didn't want to give up my nice things. And I still like to partake in occasionally going out and partying and all that. And I. I was still battling that, so they stole everything. All my possessions were ripped from me, and I told my dad, "Hey, can I come home and live with you? Like, I I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. This is God stripping away everything that's bad that's leading me to sin." And I I realized that on the drive back to his house, and I had read the scripture passage, you know, where you do not store up treasures here on earth, and you know, where thieves come in and steal, and moth and decay, and all. And I was like, man. The Lord just ripped it all out of me. So I never bought uh, another game system and ended up uh, in adoration feeling the urge to go to Franciscan. And in August, I I was at 1.30 a.m. I went home. I did the application. Andrew said, it's so important you discern what God wants for you. So I, I said, I think I'm ready. And I applied. They accepted me Tuesday. They called me. I was at work. said, hey, you can come this semester and i told my boss like hey i'll give you give you my two weeks notice i'm going to go to this school i didn't know anything about it other than that it was catholic and that it was a good place to go <laughs> i never visited did, had yeah. no expectations
0: well, i'm going to leave us on a cliffhanger so, because we're having a second episode, okay, and that's so good. we've gotten up to this point. Yeah, this is and great. Bottom, and there's a so. this, nice his transition to Franciscan and how the spiritual healing kind of completed. We see how God began the work, and we're going right. to see how it completes in our next episode. So a little cliffhanger to finish the yeah. story with Sorry, us. Sorry, there's a lot of oh, I info thank there. you so much. Uh, a, um, a great, great, we uh, story we like whole. to end with a fun question. Okay, but yeah. I mean, you kind of have already done it for us. You have tell us your favorite whiskey, mm-hmm. maybe Absolutely. your favorite beer. Ooh,
1: wow. Well, I have this beer that Nina, my wife, she purchased from. It was brewed by Belgian monks, and they sell it at they sell it at uh, Bevmo. Um, it's my I, it's my absolute favorite. It's in, there's a number twelve on it. Uh, I don't know the name. Is that Chimay, or is it? That- it's a dark. It's a dark beer. It's like 12%, but it's like Sounds chocolatey. Like, it's kind of like a, like, a, like a stout. Yeah. It is a stout. Okay. Um, I'll get the name on the next episode, uh, but that is <laughs> my absolute favorite beer. I'd be lying if I said anything else. Okay, so. thank
0: you so much, Adam. Awesome. Uh, let's give a final blessing. Okay. but we just especially pray for all those who are struggling right now maybe they're in adam's the same place in his heart uh, spiritually where they've have, have they're grabbing hold of the world and also grabbing hold of the lord and, and don't know what to do and so we pray for those uh, individuals pray for a breakthrough to occur in their hearts and their lives they might come to experience the love of christ in a deeper way and that god might open up their hearts to let go of the world to let go of things that keep them away from christ and that jesus might enter into their hearts by the power of his holy spirit to bring transformation and grace in their lives. And may the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you, all of you as I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at
1: www.becomefire.faith. That's dot aith The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, Please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.